0: My house in Budapest. My, my hidden treasure chest. Golden grand Piano my beauty focus. You
1: yo, what is up everybody? We are back again for the In off the bench podcast. I am Daniel ball and I got my beautiful singing voice on for the Budapest by George Ezra in the background, but you know, given that, We were going to have a guest tonight, but, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. But we're not going to stop because we don't have a guest. Jim, we're going to talk sports. We're going to go back to grassroots. We're going to go back to our foundation. And we're going to talk MLB. We're going to talk college baseball yes I said college baseball there are a lot of games that you attended we got to unpack those we're gonna talk college football NFL we're gonna talk NBA we might even talk college basketball right? who knows but the world is our oyster and I want to get right to it but before we do before we jump into this awesome episode of, of all things sports we got to let you know that in off the bench podcast is coming to you tonight by Memphis City Design and Chinook Seedery. If you need any kind of apparel, any kind of embroidery, go on over to Memphis's best embroidering and branding company, Memphis City Designs. And if you just need a quick snack or you're at the field all day and you need that, that energy, that burst and that, that goodness, go ahead and pick you up a bag of Chinook Seeds. I promise you, promise, 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 you won't be disappointed. But Jim, let's get to it, man. There's no guests, so we can't welcome on anybody to the show. So let's welcome ourselves onto the show (laughs) and let's get to it, man. Let's talk sports. All right, Jim, this is a, a different kind of episode, man. So, you know, obviously we are so accustomed to having guests. We don't have a guest. We're getting back to our grassroots, where it's just me and you, bullshitting about sports, man. I'm kind of we don't have
0: Michael Jordan, bro. I I mean,
1: you know, but we do have a lot more than just that. From from those days to now, we've come a long way, and we'll get into all that. But first, man, you got to witness and talk to because you are my go-to source for college baseball. And the fall is no exception. So I, I want to talk to you you know, a little bit about that. But first, I mean, it's just popping off at me because it's on my TV right now is, is the World Series. It's, you know, bottom of six. It's Texas zero, Arizona zero. Texas is up three games to one. Texas is a win away from winning their first World Series ever. Isn't that unbelievable?
0: Yeah, when you originally sent me that they had never won one, when you just think about their history – it it seems very impossible, like they've had a lot of good teams, they've had a lot of historic players, and so for their franchise to never have one, and that's what kind of changed my interest, right, my, I originally wanted Arizona to win this because of the underdog story, but then it became I'm good with either one because Texas has never had one.
1: Yeah, and it's – it's you you think back at, like you said, the, the lineage and the players, and, I mean, you're, you're talking about guys like Nolan Ryan that played for the Rangers. You're talking about, you know, Josh Hamilton when he was the shit, man. Like, those were good teams but never won at all, which is just crazy to me. And then, you know, you got the Diamondbacks who weren't even supposed to be in the equation, and here they are getting hot. You know, we say it all the time, especially in college baseball, it's getting hot at the right time. And both of these teams get hot at the right time. But the Diamondbacks have have exceeded, I think, where they thought they would be this year. Um, And, you know, I would say even with the series being three games to one, if Arizona figures out a way to win this one, I wouldn't put it past them to get back in it.
0: Well, the reason why I agree with you is normally I'd say I doubt it, but did we not write, or at least I did? I wrote them off when they were going to have to go win back to back games in Philly, and they did it. Philly was the hottest team. Philly's supposedly the hardest place to play, and they went there and did it. So who's to say they can't go back to Texas and do the same thing?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think I saw a stat about Texas. They've won all their games away, all the away games that they played. They've won them all. Um, I'm not sure if that's right. I feel like that's the stat that I saw. Um, but you know baseball is one of those sports where home home field advantage matters as far as the fans but like if you can get up on a team I feel like it's a sport where you can neutralize that effect very real
0: quick Uh, I got a question for you did you by chance see that replay of that breaking ball by Evaldi and it showed the actual spin because it zoomed in yeah it's that was Phil
1: just sick man and You know, you you look at these guys and you see stuff like that, then there's no wonder why they're in the position that they are right now. Um, But just kind of recapping the World Series, man, it's not like the most popular teams, but are you excited that it's these two teams?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think back to our guest Kyle Booker on Monday. He said – that this had a college baseball feel. And, and and what he meant by that is what you're saying about the popular teams. It's not the teams that everyone expected. You know, obviously LSU won last year. But if you look back to most of the previous years, the reason college baseball, college basketball are exciting, right, is because when you get to that tournament, it's anybody's game. And this year in MLB is the first time in a long time where you didn't have the powerhouses just make it. Like – um, upset after upset in each each round, and then two teams that you did not figure to be there. We didn't pick either of these teams. Like, I mean, and I think that's what Kyle was trying to say. If you're not interested by this, you don't like baseball because this is at its purest form.
1: And I'll say this. I think the Diamondbacks have some underrated uniforms. We talk about uniforms, but I think they have some very underrated uniforms. And their that... throwbacks are sweet. Oh, man, that – that green teal bluey teal like that pops it's like that that memphis grind shirt that you were mm-hmm. wearing like that shirt hits
0: yeah I steven steven color. miller my boy d sports he loves all the uniforms that are from back in like the 90s and 80s like he wishes they would all just go back to the way they were
1: for sure for sure i mean i bet um memphis city could hook hook some folks up
0: yeah speaking could, of man um you know we're obviously gonna talk stuff later but talk to me what what hat and what shirt you get on
1: oh waves and rays hat i got the yellow with the black big fan and then i got the homebrew t-shirt on it kind of matches they go together you know this shirt ah. that, dude it's it's not one of those cotton shirts where like it it's boxy and it's thick and it doesn't move like this one's form-fitting it's got a nice little blend of cotton and a bunch of other stuff it like i don't know it hugs me, if you know what I'm saying, in the right spots.
0: I actually got the hat. You know, I got the homebrew hat, but I got the, uh, I had to do this for you. I got to whoop that trick. I understand the Grizzlies are 0 4. It's tough times, but, you know, wear the shirt and remember the good times. And, and let's hope that maybe things will get turned around for the boys. We can obviously talk NBA later, even though the Clippers are going to win the championship, Daniel. I know you've seen it.
1: I mean, tell me the last time a James Harden team has won a a championship. Oh, and tell me the last time uh, what Russell Westbrook teams won a championship.
0: It's it's funny you brought that up, right? So I told my wife about 30 minutes ago, I said, people have a real problem in college baseball with me wearing all these different colors and going to these different stadiums, right, and rooting on these different teams because of the athletes that come on the show. And I told her, I said, have you ever heard anyone, anyone I know, friends with, you know, talk to social media, have a problem with me changing team to team with Russell Westbrook? And she goes, no. And I said, do you know why? And she looked at me blank. And I said, because he doesn't win a championship. I said, however, the teams that we happen to follow the most, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, all won a championship. So therefore, people are mad because. We're connected, these teams. We have athletes, you know, literally all through the guests through the seasons. And they don't like that I get to be there for the ride because they're saying I'm jumping on the bandwagon. When that's not true, I'm an LSU fan. I'm just supporting those teams. If Westbrook was getting a championship at every one of those places, everybody would be all over me for it. But because he's not winning, they don't care.
1: So what if he like what if he won one at OKC and then left? And that was the only like let's let's even go a step further. Let's say he won two there and then left. What would your thoughts and let's say he moved the same amount of times after there, just the same trajectory? He just won two championships at OKC.
0: I think it would be different. Um, but because he's ring chasing now the way he is, and people think that they, you know, he's the reason why they don't win rings and, and hold him responsible, you know, they don't really care. Um like I said, he's and what's great about this opportunity he's gonna get, says we're not gonna deep dive NBA. Um
1: yeah, because I, I it's it's depressing. I mean yeah. well so we first could, game for the for the first time ever, like we could spend like I don't even really want to talk Grizzlies until they pick up a W. Okay. When they well, pick up a W, then we can start talking because they well, got some this issues.
0: will be the only basketball we'll talk. The you know PER isn't out yet, but the highest plus minus right now through their they've only played three games. A lot of teams have played four through three games is Russell Westbrook. He's been plus thirty twice, Daniel. Um, highest on the team both times. Um because my
1: boy Brandon Clark ain't playing.
0: But, no, what, what I was going to say is the reason is, and this is only going to become more evident when, when Harden gets there. The other night he shot four shots, Daniel. He had 13 assists. He now is in the – he has the ability that he doesn't have to do anything but facilitate. He does not have to shoot. And he's become okay with just being a guy who gets assists and rebounds. He's finally grown up and matured out of that. And so these guys can stay healthy. Do you realize?
1: Do you realize? And and I don't think you do. You have, like, and I say you, but I think us in general, we have minimized Russell Westbrook's ability to alter anything of the game to this very minute thing. Now he's just a facilitator. (laughs) Eventually, he's going to be a non player. Right. And he's gonna be the last guy on the bench. And he he'll probably win it then.
0: <laughs> he'll be okay with that too.
1: But he- but I, I mean, at some point, like that's kind of the trajectory and, and
0: but do you know what trajectory you know he that- is on? He's the second richest player now in the NBA behind only one LeBron James.
1: That's because he, he he's not frugal or he's not like he he's very self-conscious with his money. He makes good business decisions and he's, he makes a lot of it. So, um, but also let me, let me, I, I was, this is the point that I was getting to, had you known what the trajectory would have been 15 years ago, you would have got to this point and there would have been no championships. Would you have said, All right, Russell, minimize you, what you do now so that you can win three, four, or five championships as opposed to doing it all and then slowly minimizing your, your contribution or what you're responsible for? And now on the back end, you might win one.
0: Right. Well, the problem is his greatest strength is his greatest flaw. He doesn't know how to not go 110%. What's great about what he's done now is the 110% is used on the part of the floor that I know you love. He's now full-time defending. He's rebounding not for the stats. um, And then, like I said, facilitating. So um, he's fitting in perfect. Remember, last year that Clippers team looked good, but Paul George went out and then Kawhi Leonard went out. If them do stay healthy and he understands his role and they can gel with the chemistry, they also picked up P.J. Tucker, who's a low-key great addition. The the Clippers are legit. I put that team against Denver any day of the week with that scoring. I mean, Jokic will still be a problem, but Jokic is a problem no matter what, right? Like, I mean that that is what it is. There there isn't anybody that he isn't a problem for.
1: He's the MVP twice. <laughs> yeah, twice, and he just won a championship. So like, hey.
0: Denver is like what we we're just talking about in baseball, right? Like, they're they do have his name, right? And they have like Jamal Murray, but like. No one gets excited about Denver. Nobody got excited about winning the championship, but they're just fucking good.
1: And I, I think part of the problem is, is they are part of their problem. <laughs> is there's prior to them winning a championship, they were in that category of being able to win it for a good, a good time. I would say ten years. They were right. in that, maybe not at the top of the list, but they were in that playoff. Contention top four seeds where, you know, they just couldn't win the big one, yeah and then eventually they do. So now, like, are they? I think that's why they get that that persona that, um, you know, they're kind of not talked about or they're forgotten because they never won the big one. And now that they have, I don't know if that's changed anything. To be and honest, the biggest
0: problem was the years that they were actually legit was when. Kobe and Shaq were running things, and they were ending their season every year. That Carmelo team that was loaded with Chauncey Billups, and uh, Birdman, and all them, yeah, they uh, that team was legit, and they lost to them in the the second round. And I mean, that was that was when Kobe was at his at his peak. You weren't going to beat that team.
1: Could you imagine being Chris Paul and just being like, you know what, like I came in at a time where I was having to take on the best. That ever played this game?
0: Well, Chris Paul, uh, you want to talk about a fish in out every of water. every
1: every like segment of his career, he's like going against the best of the best, and like
0: you want to talk about a fish out of water? I've been watching the Suns. Luckily, it hasn't hindered them. So Devin Booker is the facilitator on that team, and I watched this Chris Paul uh, in the Warriors game had like four open threes and missed all of them because they were doubling on Book, and it was like. Chris Paul actually doesn't fit on this team. He's not a knockdown shooter. They need a guard who can shoot because Booker was the one that was dishing out all the assists, and he's the one that, that facilitates the offense. I was like, Chris Paul actually makes zero sense on this team.
1: He's like Russell Westbrook with the Lakers.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it,
1: if, if we're going to go there, but yeah. Yeah,
0: because they needed him to shoot, and he can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, like, I, really? I don't understand. I don't under, look, Daniel, you'll never make, we'll we'll end this on basketball because we'll talk basketball all night. And yeah. I know our audience isn't the biggest basketball guys. I can watch dude pregame make 10 threes in a row and then step into his first one in the game and it will barely graze the rim. And it's like, I don't get it.
1: That's Here's the, the flip side of that. I'll watch pregame Memphis Tiger basketball and watch them clank threes in pregame warmups all day. And guess what'll happen in the game?
0: Swish. No, they'll go out there
1: and they'll clink threes. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the opposite. So, it, it at least it's uh it, at least it's consistent. But yeah, let's let's move on away from this because we could talk hoops for sure all all day. Um, but fall ball. Obviously, you've had a chance to talk to a lot of guys. We've had a, a few guys on the show. We've got their look on fall season. You've actually been in attendance of of some games. So. I'm going to run through a list of, of, of games. And I want you to tell me your, your thoughts. And I know it's still early before we do predictions, but give me some insight to where you're leaning. Cause you know, for those of you that don't know, Jim, you are pretty good at predicting champions. Am I right? Yes, sir. So wake versus Vandy. Um, you go up to Nashville, you get a chance to to see our guys at, at Wake take on the Vandy Boys. Um, so first initial thoughts of the Vanderbilt Stadium. Because we have our we have our 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 I mean, we have our feelings about that.
0: It's it's very small. Um very, very small. Um when you go to Swayze or Alex Box or Duty Noble and you gotta consider I did just go to Swayze and Duty Noble, right? Um, I mean, it's like being at a high school park. Yes, you have the beautiful turf field. It says Vanny Boys across there, but yeah, I just, I mean, it was, it was crazy. The one thing I will say, I did like that their, um, bullpens were not on the field, which is kind of interesting considering they don't have that much room, but I did like that. And you obviously seen the videos of me having the guys warming up. It's, it's kind of like major league feel, right? Like if you have the seats that are over there, you can see over the top and look in. Um, So I was watching all the Wake Boys. uh, warm up. So that was the one good part. But, man, it was literally like I don't know if the baseball stadium was the afterthought, if the gym was the afterthought. But me and Chris talked about this on the show Monday with Chris Booker because it was the same way when he played there in the 90s. Um, The field just wasn't as nice. Um, And he said maybe this is the reason why, because he said Vandy used to not be a powerhouse. He used to not be good at all, Um, especially when he went there. The left field is literally up underneath the football stadium, Daniel. Like, I watched a guy foul one off to the left, and it went over into the football stadium. And then the gym, I kid you not, Daniel, the gym is butted up and touching the football stadium. Like, so you know how the Liberty Bowl is at the top. Imagine a building literally butted up to the side of the top of it. I mean – I've,
1: I've actually seen, I can't remember. I want to say it might be division two. I don't remember, where, but I've seen the outfield wall, like in left field, the, the wall was the wall of a building and they actually painted the foul line onto the building. It was crazy. It it was crazy. And they had to like paint a line like 10 feet up the building all the way across the building until you actually got to fence. Um, But yeah, like it's crazy, you know, and I think that just comes down to space and money. And, you know, obviously at the time that they built that stadium, Vanderbilt was probably, you know, getting their legs and, and be not quite what they were, but they were the trajectory was to be what they are now. and they needed to them, and on campus is the way to go. And I, I don't, I think whatever you got to do to, to make it happen right there. I think that's what they did. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I would say to the detriment of Memphis athletics, I think that hurts Memphis in some regards is that their athletic facilities for the most part are off campus.
0: Right. Well, and if you look at where Vandy stadium is, obviously this was my first time there where it's located, if you wanted to renovate it, you wouldn't have anywhere to expand and do it the way they, they have it pinned in in such a way that they don't really have an option to fix it. Yeah.
1: My, my question would be what would happen, what, what they need, if they want a new baseball stadium, they need the football team to get better right? expand the football stadium.
0: They could probably take out that section of the football side because they don't fill it up anyways and actually expand out their baseball. I mean, I'm just saying it'd be like high the, school. The you away, have one side,
1: <laughs> the the away teams would be pissed because they would be they wouldn't have enough tickets.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, they'll they'll find one way or the other. They can they can watch from the baseball bleachers. I don't know, but I just all right.
1: So outside of the, the stadium, itself, <clears throat> the the play on the field. Talk talk to me about the teams, what they look like, players. Give me the whole the whole nine,
0: bro. So you you were talking about picking things right. So it's just one at bat but Wait, when, Wake
1: Forest is really good,
0: right? Yeah. Right. So when I have a preseason prediction of Nick Kurtz is the golden spikes guy and you got Vandy's number one, it's just fall, right? Comes out there and the second pitch he does a Nick Kurtz, he puts it dead center out. And I mean, tattooed it. And it's like, this kid's unreal. Right. And so then my question mark And I expected Seaver King to be batting in front of him, right? Seaver King that had batting in the four hole. The transfer, he may be, if you look at what he's done all fall, even prior to that, and then you look at what I'm fixing to tell you, he might be the low-key best transfer. I mean, he is ranked as the 15th best available player in college going into the draft. I called it, baby. <laughs> exactly. I I had the shirt. I had the IOTB Nick Kurt shirt on. And, I mean, he smoked it. And then Seaver King, up until he finally got out in the second game, was five for five. I was going to say,
1: you, you made Seaver out to be like, he, he's – like the best player in college baseball
0: well he was it wasn't just that he was hitting it was the way he was putting it all over the yard and then him and um austin hawk tommy's brother who plays second base they turned like five double plays if they did get a base runner those two i mean the way so it was more than just offense it's the way they look defensively you know i hope austin who was batting in the two hole can do better because he didn't have a good day hitting but his defense daniel i know tommy could patrol center field but this kid had multiple diving catches into the grass. And so, and so when you look at what they did defensively, offensively, you know, Burns gave up a two-run bomb, which was the only blemish um, in the game. Um, he had some control issues. He did have two strikeouts, but he even gave up the bomb on an 0-2 count. I don't know what he was doing, but you still saw I mean, the build. He's
1: working on stuff, probably trying to hit a spot, being too fine with it, but, I mean, Chase isn't has is never been impervious to giving up home runs,
0: like yeah, and I mean home- we we know what he's got, and then you know Massey comes in there, uh, he's absolutely money. Um, they had they had five pitchers that I I mean just looked incredible. Now the flip side, you always got to ask yourself, Daniel right, is. Vandy doesn't hit well right so is that maybe part of it and so that's that's a question you're going to ask yourself but you see all fall we've obviously had Michael come on and tell me and you about the pitching lab and what they're doing there and so when you look at what Seaver was doing you look at what Chris Katz who's an upcoming guest is doing um in the lineup and then like I said defensively you know in on the infield the, the, the plays they were making and the pitching like I just Daniel, they're my favorite to win, especially because they're playing in the ACC. They don't got to go through the SEC grind. So you know the chances of them locking up home field, and we know how they play in Winston-Salem at the couch. And so, you know, it's no different that we're obviously going to get to Arkansas in a second, but it's no different. Things are favorable. Arkansas, um, their schedule this year, they maybe have the easiest SEC schedule. And so when I have projected them to finish in front of LSU – my LSU. Let's go,
1: let's go ahead since we're on there. Just go ahead and let's talk about Arkansas. Yeah,
0: yeah. So LSU people are losing their mind, right? But I could argue that LSU has the hardest SEC schedule. So I'm not saying that necessarily they're a better team, but schedule matters, right? And so LSU's probably not going to have the opportunity to win the West as easy and maybe be a lower C. But all they got to do is be a top eight. We know how that is, Daniel. But Arkansas. This is where I want to get your thoughts because I did not get a chance to go see them because they ended so early. They didn't pitch Hagen Smith. They didn't pitch Brady Tigert. Um, I told you they even ended a uh, fall world series game in a tie. And instead of making it, um, uh, you know, a best of three, just did a second game. Um, Every other team is still doing exhibitions right now. Arkansas is done. And so DVH has lost an ace back-to-back years right before the season. Um, So this clearly shows he's not going to risk that again. Um, With that, I know how you feel on the pitching side, right? You know he knows what he's got, and not just those two guys, but Gage Wood and McIntyre and all them, um, both upcoming guests, shout out. Um, You know, but outside of Diggs, Peyton Holt, Peyton Stovall, like uh, maybe Jared Wagner, you have a lot of – or I said Jared, uh, Jack Wagner – um, you have a lot of hitters that probably need to prove something and battle for position. So my question is for you, by going early, I understand saving the arms, but how are you finding out the things about the guys who are position players?
1: You, So you're not. But here's the thing. I think for Dave Van Horn, he knows – when the season matters and right now it just doesn't matter enough and regardless of how i personally feel about that whole situation where we're not going to finish the game like i think there's a lot of other solutions that you could use to finish the game however without wasting an arm that still gets people on the field seeing balls off bats, putting people in positions, certain, you know, scenarios. Um, But regardless of all that, you're right. He's had guys go down and it's, it's costed him, you know, arguably costed them the season. If if you, if you
0: look at last year, to your point, shoulda, coulda, woulda, ifs, whatever. If they have Peyton Pallet, you know, it's a whole different story going into that regional. And yeah, how they, and just, how they do the whole. Thing I don't
1: thing. inevitably. I don't think they're better than LSU. I don't think they're better than Wake Forest. Um. And so, like, I, I think it's it's kind of a mute point at, at at when you when you look down the road. But yeah, I mean, I think getting them there, they had every that that hurts them big time. Um. So yeah, like in the back of of dvh's head he's like we have to get there like i can't afford to not have these guys that are my horses that are my my core guys not available um to help so like i i get it so you're but-
0: perfectly okay with it's not even about the fall world Series. it's not even the inner squads me. like all these other teams are exhibition having exhibitions against two or three other teams you're okay with not having a look at them against other teams
1: yeah because i i I don't i don't think it matters when you arkansas would you say one of the best teams in the country
0: yeah top three
1: so when you're going against your guys every single day yes it's not other competition it's not game scenarios against another team but you're going against your team your guys the best in the country every day like that matters um and so yeah I'm, I'm okay with it I, I don't think playing in the fall anybody else is necessary and I don't think it it's good you're going to lose anything by not doing it
0: and I mean and that's why I ask you on this point because while I may predict and project things a lot you're ultimately the one who played college baseball you're the one that coached college baseball and so I'm getting your view on it because you're someone who would be in on making a decision like this. And you were, you know, at that, a pitching coach. So you also, supporting, you supporting this decision, you know, tells me that it's okay.
1: Yeah. I, I think early in the season, you kind of got to gauge your team and see where they're at. Right. Once you do that, then you got to talk about, all right, if we are to go somewhere, like we're missing classes, we're, missing this we're having to alter schedules we're having to do certain things that we're not accustomed to doing in the fall just so we can get some experience like i mean that to me that whole getting getting acclimated part is why you schedule the games that you do in the beginning of your season in the spring is to get acclimated to those things to missing classes to having games you know sets on the weekend to having midweek games to doing doubles like in the travel part that i think that's what the early part of the season is you're not you're not gonna convince me that an exhibition of you know one nine inning game or two seven inning games or whatever it is is gonna prepare you for the spring it's just not yeah
0: and while you and since you brought up classes daniel for anybody who thinks that these athletes, for one, aren't held to a certain standard or they don't care about their grades. When Mason Moore had to reschedule on us tonight, obviously you knew I was looking for one of the future guests to take that whole. Um you had Dylan, you had Dylan Dryling, you had Jacob Compton, Billy Amick, and DJ Primo all tell me they had to study because they had an important test tomorrow.
1: D DJ Primo.
0: So that's four guys who said, "Hey, I would love to, but I've got to study for his So don't think that these kids, because they play ball, don't have to do the same work at school that I've always, you know. Maybe that's a story for if you're playing Alabama football, right? Like, but don't get it mistaken. These these dudes that are um, scholar athletes, and we see that, you know, um, make the the honor roll and all that. That's that's not fake, man. They're putting in the time, and we've had a lot of. We've had a lot of men and women come on here right who um well, listen, I mean um we're gonna get into soccer late later, but b b for this wasn't gonna be something I was to talk about b Franklin got the scholar athlete of the year in s e c soccer so not only does she have the most goals she's freaking smartest one too get it done on both
1: Tony, it's it's not it's not an easy thing uh even even like a, a small trip up the road like you know. Memphis going to Ole Miss, like that, like or Ole Miss going to Memphis, like that distance is still, like, something you got to prepare for in that journey on the bus, you know. But you were there, Ole Miss taking on Memphis. What are your thoughts there?
0: Um, So, let's start with J.T. Quinn of Memphis. I watched him against Jacksonville State in their exhibition that day. Watched him against Memphis, and then have watched him in multiple inner squads. He's the Friday night ace, and he is going to be a Friday night stud ace. Like he's, he's legit. He's an upcoming guest as well. Um, definitely went introduce myself to him. It's funny how he's like one of the few guys I don't know, and I'm like, bro, I was like, I don't know how we haven't talked at this point, but you got to come on the show, like, man, I've enjoyed watching you all fall. Obviously watched him last year too. Um, but he looks really, really good. Riley Maddox, another upcoming guest, kid that if you remember, you watched the broadcast. He was the one that went head to head with Brady Tiger in the high school game that took place at DC, where I was doing the broadcast. Who was the Ole Miss commit? He's coming back from Tommy John. Um, He's full one hundred percent. I've watched him against Jackson, uh Jacksonville State, and then against Memphis. And in the watched. he hasn't. Neither of them have given up a run yet. Let alone, I don't know. They've given up a hit yet, so they look good. The question mark will be a previous guest, Grayson Sonier. Um, He looked a little rough against Memphis. He looked good against Jacksonville State, but remember, if you remember last year, he looked really good in the the opener and then struggled bad against Maryland, and that was kind of the story of last year. He was up and down, up and down. He's got to find – and it's always control issues, right? Um, He has trouble finding the strike zone. He has all the talent in the world. He's got – to be consistent, um, because they really, really need him. Um, but I also like, uh, uh, going Mom blank. I sound, sounds terrible. Uh, dang, I even know the song he comes out to, he comes out to Mississippi queen, which is perfect. Uh, I don't know, veteran guy. Anyway, we'll remember his name later and I'll say it. Um, he looks really, really good. Um, Mason Nichols looks really, really good, but on the Memphis side, um, IOTB guest Luke Ellis, man. They're going to be their Friday night guy. Looked really good, Daniel. Um, You know, a good test, right, is a guy who he gives up a walk and he gives up a single, right, gets himself into a jam in that first inning, then back-to-back Ks gets himself out. You like to see a guy who battles adversity, got it done. Yeah. A couple other really uh, good-looking pitchers, they had a couple who got hammered on. Um, Ethan Groff, deep, uh, deep center field shot, hit one out. Um, But they got some bats, right? Like Luke Hill, Ethan Groff, um, uh, Andrew Fisher, uh, Ethan Leger, you know, Ole Miss is – I did my prediction. I think they're going to be third in the West. But instead of hammering on them um, or talking so much about them because we got a couple of their guests coming up, I'm really going to talk about Memphis I was really impressed with. And the thing about it, Daniel, you have – Jacob Compton, who hit a home run, South Carolina transfer. You know, I've sitting there talking about Luke Ellis, um, you know, came from Ole Miss. Um, Braden Sanders came from Ole Miss. Um, Multiple guys on that roster that came from other SEC schools. What they've done at Memphis is found – it's a beautiful thing. They have found guys who aren't getting the playing time that they need at SEC schools and bringing them to Memphis to start. So – what I'm saying is you have SEC caliber players who are looking for opportunity at more playing time on a Memphis squad. It's 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 a great recruiting tactic.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's what you got to do at Memphis. Like, you have to, one, you got to recruit your area as best as you can, but also when you lose guys to Division one schools, especially the SEC schools, you can't forget about them. You got to follow up with them, and if they're not getting the the time that they felt like they were gonna get after that first season, like you got to go back to them and, and see. They
0: right? almost got another massive one in Kyle Booker. He said it on the show Monday, Daniel, they were down to his final three. I mean that that's what Memphis is doing. They're going after the okay, guys. They were. They, out were of SEC.
1: they were probably. I mean, this I would probably say for a few guys you know that were in this same situation as booker like memphis was probably in their list but because of the coaching change like you can't you, you can't already knew
0: it you didn't even you weren't even here for the episode that's exactly what he said carrick jackson
1: yeah you can't commit especially a guy like coach jackson who like people love him like he's uh-huh. a, a culture guy like people want to play for him and when he's not there like you're going oh man like i don't
0: I don't know if they if they continue if if they keep the coaching um in place, this team stays healthy and does what they should do. This should be a team if they continue to recruit the way they're doing, the getting the guys um who who need a place to for more playing time, who are more than quality guys, guys that you wouldn't expect in Memphis. There's no reason why they shouldn't be winning um, the American every year or at least competing for it. Right? I'm trying to think so. ECU's not in the American anymore, or are they? Okay, so yeah. that's your so that's your only competition because ECU's I a mean, powerhouse.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know what these new American schools are, are bringing to the table, um, but I mean, you know, traditionally speaking, you have you know a few teams that are really good. Um, but the majority of the teams are are not are are good teams, they're not great.
0: Um, yeah, I forgot I forgot ECU for whatever reason I thought they that's a game I you know I have my schedule. I've got to make obviously, you know, ECU's on the list of places I want to go, but with Memphis just being 20 minutes down the road, um, when ECU comes to town, I gotta make it to that game, especially with what I saw from Memphis. I've, that's a must-have on my schedule. Hopefully, it'll fall on one of my open weeks.
1: Oh, and f- for me too. Like, it's there's no reason why I can't go check out a conference matchup at USF. Like,
0: yeah. Well, in previous years, let's call it what it was. The Memphis team wasn't giving you a reason to go. They weren't very good. But the teams that we're talking about now, and it's not to say you don't go support right. and, put and your I, fan I, out, But it's I hard if you're gonna go watch like and get that. their ass kicked.
1: Right. I shouldn't be like that, but it's it's one of those things. Like, you know, time time is finite and
0: less time with your kids and your wife to go watch Memphis get beat up it is but but I also
1: think I also think too that my kids aren't at the age where I can take them now you know Bella's old enough to go and run around and have a great time but like Jackson right now is like in a prime position where you can take him everywhere and he'll watch some of the game and have a great time. He'll run over here and play and have a great time. He'll go chase foul balls and have a great time. He'll talk to whoever and have a great time like you don't he he finds a way to entertain himself.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a perfect plug that I'm going to, you know, Steven's going to do his thing and charge for D1 baseball. Well, my son, sorry, is funnier and cuter than Steven. Um, so since we were doing it first, um, and he can go in any facility and get a tour that he wants. As a matter of fact, when I made the post, I had multiple coaches send out to me. So, um, you obviously seen the pictures of Jackson in all of Ole Miss's facility. That's gonna be a regular thing. And I'm going to actually start videoing. We're going to get Jackson's 11 year old viewpoint from stadium to stadium about whether it's the, the weight room facility, whether it's the lounge whether it's the stadium itself and the and the the grass or the turf, I'll get it, I'll get all the ballpark food. Is he,
1: is he is he gonna eat the grass?
0: No, because he's gonna he's get gonna the ballpark it. hot dog. No, man. Uh,
1: got, so so is he gonna like at the end of this? Is he gonna give it an overall rating, like a score?
0: Yeah, he's he's yeah. gonna grade. He's gonna put them head to head. Basically, I think the way it'll probably go. You know, we were kind of talking Survivor type stuff earlier it's going to go week to week, right? So it's going to be put up against whoever was the week before. And then whoever wins that is going to carry on. And so, so you know, say we go to Wake and then you go to uh, Ole Miss and then, you know, Ole Miss wins and it's Ole Miss against LSU. You know, it's just go, you know, one-to-one. But Jackson, so Jackson me, is going to give – I mean, you know how he is. There's no telling are, what he might say.
1: Are you going to have any influence? Are you going to say anything? So, like, I'll give you an example. So when you go to Wake Forest, the experience might be different than Ole Miss, like as far as like state of the art or whatnot, but like Wake Forest has the lab, being able to explain him the significance of that and not other places having that, is that something that factors in?
0: So you know that when we go on every trip, what do we also do? We hit a science museum every city, right? He's into science. I think he's going to find the Wake Pitching Lab absolutely fascinating. When you explain to him all the different things and that there's actually scientists there helping them break down how to become better baseball players, I think he's going to be fascinated in the fact that, um, that you found you found his calling. Yeah, I mean, but think about he's this: a so baseball his, scientist. His first, his first two, Daniel, they're going to go head to head. Will be interesting because. It'll be the college baseball series in Arlington. So he's going to be in Globe Life in the pro stadium. Uh, obviously, Arlington, we go to Dallas and all the stuff it has. He gets to go there and then Winston Salem next. So, two of arguably the best destinations are going to go head to head first.
1: Man, that's tough for Winston Salem because they're going up against pro facilities.
0: And but that lab, I, if team. that lab is everything it's supposed to be, I don't know. I gotta to talk to his teachers, Daniel. He's in sixth grade now where school is a little bit different. You know, these teachers a little bit rougher. His his teacher last year was perfectly okay with me checking him out or missing school on Fridays because we he literally valued the importance of a son um and father spending time together and the fact that he loved science, his teacher did, and that we were going to he was okay with it. I don't know that this teacher will be okay with him missing a lot of Fridays but we're going to figure it out. Maybe some bribery. Yeah. You heard me. I'll bribe a school teacher. I don't care.
1: Hey, knock yourself out.
0: I uh, got to have uh, my right. I got to have my, my right hand, man, man. Jackson is key. Do you know how? This is I, This is what you do.
1: This is what you do. You email the teacher. You go, look, I'm going to be honest. There's going to be some Fridays where Jackson's not going to be there. Let me know what you got planned and I'll teach it to him. We got, we're usually going to have like a, 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 at least a multi-hour multi car ride.
0: But I do, for when, when Jackson can't be there, I do have a new partner in crime. John came with me to Nashville, right? He's never been to a college baseball game and, and Daniel. So, you know, we were kicked back drinking, drinking beer and having, and you, you
1: take them to Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah, sorry. (laughs) But he's having seeds, right? He's trying. Hey, bro, things.
1: I love you so much. Guess this, what? I'm going to take you,
0: Vanderbilt, bro. This is this Vanderbilt. isn't even a plug for the seeds. He he was like, uh, what kind of what kind of seeds you got? And I start telling him, and he starts looking at all the flavors. He's like, oh, he goes, I want to try this one and this one, man. And next, you know, he's trying seeds. You know, he's he's drinking beer, watching, and um, then guys are walking by, talking to us or whatever, and he gets to meet them, and he was like, this this is cool, man. He's like perfect weather he had his feet kicked up because you know obviously got people in the seats because it's fall ball it's not it's not as full but having beer having seeds watching baseball he's like this is nice and i was like i said wait till you wait till you come with me and this place is electric like and i was like the the beer and seeds thing don't change nor the players and you know
1: (laughs) the only thing that changes is the location because we won't be coming back here
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh no, going back to Vandy, uh, I will find whatever team I'm trying to uh, to see when they go somewhere else. And I told you my favorite part of that weekend. We we talk about validation from from players, you take from fans. To, I
1: mean, it, it makes sense. You take John to Mississippi State, right?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. That's what I told him. I said, um, even though Jackson will be with me, obviously that doesn't change anything. He's got to come to Mississippi State. He's got to get fed in the left field lounge. He's got to see the mecca of college baseball. There's no doubt. But, you know, what I was going to say is, and the part that he got to see that he thought was really cool, and I texted you in real time, you know, validation from players, validation from players' families or fans is one thing. Having Tom Walter walk by, stop and step up and tell me he appreciates everything we do for his guys, dude, that's it right there. Because, you know, some of these coaches, they don't want you talking to their players, right? But he knows our ultimate thing. He He knows that we're not doing the drama. He knows that we're promoting their team. We're promoting the the players. We're trying to grow the game. It's what we talk about. It's not some hashtag that we use. It's BS. It's literally what we're trying to do. And so you got him and you got like Justin Hare from Campbell who said something to me or Carlini who said something to me at Memphis. You know, like these coaches are really appreciating us bringing their guys to the forefront.
1: Next time, just be like, well, coach, I appreciate you. So why don't you come on? Come on.
0: I just told Justin, it's funny you said that. I just told Justin Hare from Campbell, he needs to come on. So, but that's because he's going to send me a hat. I'm going to have the best looking baseball cap you've ever seen.
1: I know that's sweet. All right. So we were talking about Mississippi State, Um, Mississippi State, UAB. um, Obviously, how, let me start with this. How many bags of seeds did you go through? And how many bags of seeds did you see floating around that place?
0: So I brought a whole box with me. Um, the whole box was taken. Everybody got a bag. We had people that were coming from over at the third baseline that heard that I had the box out there. Um, they love them in Startville. Um, I've talked to Brandon. Um, it needs to be the official seed of Duty Noble.
1: Look, not only does it it's the official seed of the In Off the Bench Podcast, it got flavors from mild to wild. Jim, you got your favorite flare flavor. I've got mine so far. Obviously, we do the blind taste test, you know, every every time we have a guest. Um, you know, but if people don't know, they need to
0: know. I'm gonna the, I'm gonna send you a picture through right now of one of the heads of SEC umpiring who tried some seeds and then was hitting me up. He was actually monitoring, he wasn't calling the game because he's one of the top dogs. He was actually there teaching and grading the SEC umpires there for Ole Miss Memphis, you know, getting them tuned up for the season. Um, and he was coming over there hitting me up four seeds. Uh Chinook is now taking care of them since then. But I show you that picture to tell you when we talk about different flavors and everything. So, you know, you hear a lot of these guys, the Parmesan peppers, their favorite, right? We did we did get, you know, someone like Ty Floyd who said dill pick. Well, obviously I'm a cinnamon toast, but I bring him up because he loves the Smokehouse Barbecue. I mean, he went through, he hit me up a, for three different bags fan. in my game. I'm a
1: big fan. It's my so, second. I mean, there's a flavor for big everybody
0: favorite. is what I'm saying, right? When you got eight flavors, there's something in there. You may not like, if you're like me, right? So I, I don't like a jalapeno ranch. It's not my deal, right? I love,
1: that's my favorite. That's I'm what I'm saying.
0: Favorite. So everybody, there's something for everybody. And at the end of the day, you can have original, which if you compare it to a David's, I know exactly what they're talking about. Like, that that salty taste that leaves your mouth feeling dry and yuck, it's not there when you get done with these seeds. And it's because they've eliminated all that crap. So
1: the way I, I look at it is like, in, I don't know if this is the right way, but I would explain it to people like this. If you go to a brewery, right, you're going to have multiple different types of beer on tap not everybody has the same palate and likes the same beer that's on tap but usually everyone could find the one that they like the best
0: like yeah i don't do that
1: right and that's the reason why they go to that brewery because they want this particular beer same thing with chinook like they make eight flavors and they cater to people based on like they know that dill pickle may not be for everybody, but there is a group of people that are craving
0: it. And that's going to be their go-to. Scene. And Ty Floyd, national champion, likes his damn dill pickle, boy.
1: Yep. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't blame him. I, I like my jalapeno ranch and, you know, I'll bust out that bag at work, in the car, at home. You nope. know, you know, just last night I found myself like dressed up, doing the trick-or-treating and, I'm like trying not to eat candy at every stop. So what I did was I just put <laughs> a, a full of seeds in and I was like, all right, I'm good to go. So now what I've decided is like, I could do that every Halloween, just be a different baseball player every Halloween. And then it just looks <laughs> like it's
0: part of the costume. There there you go. But on regards to Mississippi State baseball, um, I do have some sad news to break um, to our in off the bench fans. Oh, man. Um, uh, Brock Tapper has unfortunately been cut from the team. It's it's out there now, so I can tell it. But, Daniel, this is the beautiful part about what we do. I told his dad, I said, we just had Gavin Casas on last week, and you were there to hear the whole story during and what you know he said to us afterward. And I said, you know what? Vandy told him he wasn't good enough. And now he's thriving at South Carolina just because Mississippi state feels he ain't good enough. That doesn't define who he is. And so what this kid's going to do is what we've had a lot of guests do, right? Go hit the Juco grind, re refine themselves, fix the things that they need to fine tuning and I'm I'm predicting right now, Daniel, he'll be back. He'll do a year of JUCO, and he'll be back playing D1, doing his thing. It's no different than Kyle well, Booker making the shift or rubber. So that's what I told I, that's what I told them. I was like, hey, man, this doesn't, Mississippi State wasn't the end-all, be-all. Gavin Costas thought Vandy was his dream. He's the yeah. only place he ever wanted to go. And now it ended up being the worst experience for him. He, if he could have done it all over again, he would have went to South Carolina the whole time.
1: And, you know, hey. I don't know. If he's interested in Division II, University of Tampa, playing the best Division II baseball team, let me know.
0: There you go. Let I know. mean, but but you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't always you – know, I can translate it to football, right? Will Rogers grew up the biggest Ole Miss fan, wanted to go there. They never even wanted – gave him a shot, never looked at him. He goes to Mississippi State. He's the all-time SEC passing leader. In Mississippi State, he's a bulldog through and through the Man, just because what you think and what you dreamed of as a kid doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to be. And and getting cut from a team, you know, everybody always uses the Michael Jordan one, right? Like, it doesn't define who you are. What defines who you are is what you do next. And do do you let let somebody else tell you your worth, or do you go out there and prove otherwise? And so, I have no doubt in my mind the way Brock Tapper's built. Um, but you know, to the positive of Mississippi State. Um, you know, I got to see Imani Larry hit a bomb. Um, IOTB guests look good. Uh, the, the bad news was Hunter Hines did not play. Um, supposedly he broke his thumb at some point earlier in the day. Um, obviously that's not an injury that's going to hold him out of the season. Um, it's going to, you know, hurt him getting his reps in, um, before the season. But I have no doubt with the way Hunter Hines hates baseballs, he will be okay. Um, is it on like a, is it? Throwing
1: hand, glove hand.
0: I, I don't even – I never – he was not even out there. So, I don't know if he was getting it taken – because they said it happened right before. So, I don't know if he's getting it taken care of or what. Um, the pitching side is the key, though, for Mississippi State, right? Like, um, the last two years, it's just – it's been rough. Um, Holcomb looked really, really sharp to start the game. And then Nate Dome followed him up, looked really, really good. Um, you obviously got Durangelo, who's a – Upcoming guest, um, who throws, you know, left and right, ninety four from one, ninety two from the other, um, you know, nasty, nasty curve, like, um, he's the real deal, and they have a lot of depth. That's the thing. I could do this all day, you know. They got, you know, a lot of quality arms in the last couple years. They haven't been able to go deeper than maybe one guy and not have anybody out of the pen they can trust. So Mississippi State, um. They're gonna they're gonna be back and a lot better than last uh two seasons with that quality depth. Um, I don't know who who will break out in the way the weekend starters will be. Obviously, we still got a ways. And then the question will be outside of Marshawn, who they actually had at DH. He was the shortstop that took Lane Forsyth's position last year. He hit a bomb. He looked really good. Um and then Brock or not uh uh Dakota Jordan um Imani Larry, and Hunter Hines, all legit. Um, We'll see how the rest of the lineup does. But for some reason, Daniel, I did my predictions already. I put them out on Twitter with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I still have Ole Miss at third and Mississippi State at fourth. I I don't know, man. I really like the veteran batting lineup from Ole Miss. And I told you about JT Quinn. Um, It really helps when I really love the Friday night ace. When I feel like your Friday night is – is a, a w and then you got four or five four and five year guys in your lineup that are really good that you know could have possibly went pro last year but decided to go back for one more ride i really really like what you got
1: we'll see i mean you know th- they're not that far removed from a national championship let's let's be real and they're
0: neither of them Yeah. And
1: and there, there could be people on those teams. And there probably are that won a national championship that are still playing today. And that's they're now that veteran leadership. And that is crucial, especially coming off seasons like they had last season is to have some veterans to step up that can lead that have been there and they know what it's about. They know how, how the work needs to be done. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, when it, whether it's two, whether it's three, whether it's four, I, I don't think. That's what matters. I like about,
0: you'll like this. That's what I like about Hunter Elliott, right? So obviously he is that veteran and he was there for that national championship team for Ole Miss. Obviously we know he had the surgery. Uh, I don't know the exact timetable. He, he won't be back till at least mid season, but he's been out there working with all the guys coaching. I even told you during one of the inter squads he was the home plate umpire Um, anyway, but I love his presence out there, right? This guy He's projected to go in the second round. You know, he could just not care, right? He's got his ring. He knows where – but he's out there, man, fully functioning part of the team, talking to the younger guys, giving them input. That's a a true leader, and that's the kind of stuff you're talking about. That's a guy who's been there, and he's going to be able to mentor those guys.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be interesting. I think – I'll ask you this, and then we'll move on to college football. Um, Have you seen enough – to be able to put your rankings out, or do you still need to see more? I mean, I know you're you're still some
0: time away from doing that. Of, of all of baseball, or the SEC West?
1: Um, I I'll say SEC. Let's just say all of all. Let's just say SEC. I can.
0: Yeah, I can give you all of the SEC.
1: What about your top twenty five?
0: I'm ready? not. There. I'm not there yet because I haven't seen enough of as as they are still now, the Pac-12 teams, um, I've got to see them more to know, even though I feel really good about the rosters of Oregon and UCLA and Oregon State, um, but I've got to see them see them more. But I feel really good about what I know about the SEC and the ACC and a lot of the uh, non-Power 5 teams. But I'll give you this in the SEC. I have Arkansas finishing number one, like I told you, schedule feel Like them and LSU are neck and neck, but um, just with LSU schedule, LSU number two, Ole Miss number three, Mississippi State number four, Alabama number five, um, AM number six, and then Auburn number seven in the east. Auburn. I could make Auburn. That's somebody's got to finish last It's good that's the problem with the sec yeah yeah, think about this texas and oklahoma are coming in too not this year but i'm saying think about that i mean it's only going to get harder yeah which hey i got a question for you that people have asked me will more teams get into hoover when two more teams come in or will it be the same amount and more teams will be left out
1: Well, I think you got to look at, okay, who got left out last year? What were the next two
0: teams? It was Mississippi State and uh, Ole Miss who got left out.
1: But who were the the last two teams to get in? Um, Because to me, if you're going to add two teams, then that means the first idea is, all right, can we go by not letting two more teams in?
0: Right. I think based upon if you look at the way it, it would have went last year, I think I would leave four teams out instead of two. Or is it four teams left out now? How's it go? I'm I'm trying to picture it. I I can't even remember how many teams are left out, but I would, my, my point, I would leave it like it is. If you can't, if you can't be in that top 10 top 12 based upon, like I said, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm going mind blank. Is it two teams or four teams are left out? I think it's two because Missouri made it, right, and obviously Georgia. All the East teams made it. Yeah, it was just it was just Mississippi State and Ole Miss. so 12 teams go. So, yeah, I would be okay with, because you have 16, four teams not going, because if you look, um, those teams didn't have any kind of an impact, and they're not going to. They're not going to beat those top teams. Plus, what have we talked about, right? It was the same thing with Arkansas and the exhibitions. These these coaches tests aren't trying to run through their arms going through a long-ass tournament. Because if you add in two more teams, that's more games.
1: Yeah, and I think it's going to be a coach's vote. And I, I think we've beat this to death. Like, that tournament doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You know, it's the a – The only thing what, it did
0: was help A&M um, yeah. in seeding last year because they ran to the championship. But
1: as far as teams getting in, it it doesn't matter. Like, you, you're either – in the SEC tournament in to your point, South Carolina
0: went, and Kentucky were both uh, uh one game exits and still hosting. Like it didn't change. It
1: didn't didn't even matter. Um, um
0: so going to the east, um I refused to pick Florida at number one, even though I could put them in Tennessee neck and neck. So I'm gonna go Tennessee, then I'm gonna go Florida, South Carolina, Vandy, Georgia. Um, let's see, Missouri. Who am I forgetting? What team am I forgetting? Oh, I didn't say Kentucky. Go back, put Missouri at the bottom, um, and put Kentucky above them. Um, the interesting team for me, Daniel. Obviously, I listed those top four. If there's a team that could really make me wrong, um, Wes Johnson and his abilities. And what they brought in transfer and a guy like yeah. Charlie Condon, um, yeah. don't be surprised if Georgia doesn't creep their way up to like maybe the third spot and jump, you know, a Vandy or a South Carolina or a Florida or however it shakes down. But I definitely think Tennessee and Tony Vitello, the boys, um, Drew Beam, QB one, they got so much coming back. They brought in Billy Amick, upcoming, um, you know, obviously a uh, guest in the portal. I really like Tennessee. Florida's going to be good again, They're though.
1: They're sleeping on on the Gamecocks. I
0: got them at three. I, I think mean, that's, I that's think, disrespectful. Look, I think when you look at what happened last year, Daniel, I was not a fan of how many teams were regional hosts. It's got a very good chance of happening again. At minimal, I'd say six teams. At minimal,
1: I mean, we all know it's going to be four teams in Omaha from the SEC.
0: And if I can have the four that I want for just – I want, I want, obviously, LSU, Arkansas, and Tennessee there. um, But I got to have South Carolina now with the guests we've had. So, like, it's – you know, sorry Mississippi State and Ole Miss, but, like, I don't know, man. That's the team that you've been rooting with. I've really liked the guests we've had on. I haven't seen them there, right? I've seen Mississippi State and Ole Miss win it all. So, like, I'd love to see Casas and Petri, um, you know, and them – I was I was trying to think, uh, who's upcoming? Oh, uh, Messina. You know, like yeah, we'll we'll have another guy to root for. Have you been watching your boys' pitching videos?
1: I've seen a couple. I haven't seen I haven't seen any lately, but yes,
0: yeah. Ro- Roman Roman, I like that he gives you in his right, We talk about growing the game, right? He's doing teaching of not he's just not even talking about his um recovery process and rehab process, but he does a lot of teaching in his videos. And so we talk about growing the game, you know, he's not out there doing it to to make money. He's out there trying to trying to teach young players. I like I like Roman, man. I hope I hope the best for him too. So I mean that's four, that's four guys on that team we really like. And, and it's the team you root for. So
1: for sure. But, All right. But, Enough of baseball. Let's talk college football, and this will be real quick. Memphis wins are wins, but I don't know how I feel about winning a game that you
0: really, really should
1: have lost.
0: So let me tell you the only thing that I have a thought on because I didn't get to watch. When I saw they were up twenty-one to nothing, when I checked my phone, it was. I'm saying baseball. I was like, this is fantastic. They're up 21-0 cruising. When I then find out that they had to come back and win, I'm like, I am so glad I was not watching this game.
1: It was very frustrating because, yeah, it's it's honestly the same way the two lane game started, where you're in control of the game and you're like, oh man, this is you know, this is gonna be very favorable. This is gonna go the way that we needed it to go. And then it just didn't. And it's just like, you come out of halftime and like, it's a different team. And like, I've said it from the jump. Like, you can't be the head coach and then come out there and say all the coaching speak and go, yeah, this is on me. It's my job to get it right. We're gonna get it right but you still do the same thing the very next week that you said you were gonna get right and it's still not right. And what sucks is that you're gonna end up being in a position where you win nine, eight, 10 games and you're gonna be stuck with the same guy saying the same thing every week. And that to me is the most frustrating thing about this whole thing because I I don't know where, what happens with the job and how hot the seat gets if you end up losing against North Texas last week but I do know like the season in and of itself that you want to achieve is no longer obtainable because of that loss and you know silver lining is yes they ended up you know Joe skates finds himself open in the end zone and and catches a touchdown pass Which, you know, credit to those guys for driving down the field after you've been completely deflated and going ahead, you know, with a touchdown to to win the game. Um, You know, so the silver lining there is, yeah, everything that you still want to accomplish can be accomplished. You got to have some help with some other teams losing, but the bottom line is you got to keep winning. And they got USF this weekend. It's a game that you should win. um, But we played... Last week, a game that we should have won, and, and here we are. So um, that's all that I'll say. I'm not going to go too in-depth on it. Um, but looking at the games this weekend, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, let's do some some quick little pick Who you got?
0: All right, so I put that game on here for a reason. I wanted to have this discussion with you. Is there a chance that Ole Miss gets caught looking ahead to Georgia? No, no, they've never been in a position like this, Daniel. You don't think so? You don't, because the thing is, if you win and you beat Georgia, you're gonna, you're going to play, uh, obviously, avoiding a loss to Mississippi State, who I understand that's a rival, but the way they look, I just don't see it. You're going to play the SEC championship. <laughs> they've never played in one, Daniel. They've so, never played in right. one.
1: So let's, 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 let's break that whole comment down. First They're not
0: off. gonna be Georgia. I get it. I
1: get it. I get it. That's where I'm going. They they will win this weekend. They're not gonna be looking forward because they know like there's nothing to look forward to. Like, right, what well, we looking, I like to I like
0: I like anarchy, Daniel. So Georgia, Georgia just showed everybody last weekend who they really are. I know, but I like anarchy. I want them in my perfect scenario world, Daniel. I want them to lose to Texas A and M and then beat Georgia, because then what's going to make Ole Miss fans sick. Is if they beat Alabama, they'll be in the driver's seat to win the West, even though Ole Miss beat them. And if S if LSU goes to SC championship and Ole Miss done and they beat them, oh my God, they'll be the saltiest fan base I've ever seen. Well, they I want like, the energy. They won't
1: be like Chinook seeds because they ain't salty, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I I don't like – so who you got, A M or Ole
0: Miss? I'm going to go A&M. Screw it. Which, shout out Uh, IOTB guest Trey Washington, uh, co-SEC Defensive Player of the Week, Season you, 1 guest.
1: You talk about anarchy, and then you turn around and you take Texas AM. and <laughs> how, how does that give you any – how does that – it gives you no – it gives you exactly what we expected to happen. All right, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Who you got? Uh, I mean, Oklahoma, are they
0: good? You predicted, dude, you you nailed it when they won that game against Texas, and I said they have the easiest schedule um, to win out and go to the CFP, and you said, but it's Oklahoma, they'll lose to somebody they're not supposed to, and here comes Kansas doing exactly what you predicted. So now you actually have a good Oklahoma State game, Uh, Oklahoma State team with a Oklahoma team that, like you said, we don't know how good they really are And looking to bounce back. Um, I think this game could be really good. It's a rivalry game. Um, I unfortunately have been on the wrong side of picking Oklahoma State too much, as have you. So I'm going to go Oklahoma.
1: I mean, I'm going Oklahoma too. One, for the reason that you just mentioned. <laughs> You've been on the wrong on side of the, Oklahoma I've been on the, the wrong side of the fighting Gundys for a long time, but I also think that they're not that damn good. Oklahoma is way better. Um, so, yeah, I'm
0: I'm taking. So, I know you're going to ask me why I put this next one.
1: Yeah, why did you put Washington? Because USA? I
0: wanted to ask you. You, USC, just, no, you no, no. want USC to lose so bad. No, 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 that's not why I put this. Is there a chance... That with everything that's happened with USC and Caleb Williams, that they ruined Washington's season right here after looking atrocious for three straight weeks. No, you know what? I don't think so either, but it would almost be poetic if it did.
1: Michael Penix is why.
0: Did you see him the game against Arizona State? Oh, all right. He's no Jaden Daniels, my guy. Who, by the way, came from Arizona State,
1: but he—he's about and and he's about to remind people this weekend who he really is. Just watch.
0: Well, once again, I want he's going to have
1: a, a day.
0: once so again, I'm taking, I want
1: I'm taking Washington.
0: I want anarchy again. And hey, I even said that USC would win three or lose three of their next five games. They lost the first two of the three. So this would, um, they lose this, and I'm, my prediction comes true. And you know, I like being right, but I, I want anarchy, and I want also LSU to have the best chance of if being a two-loss team, um, if they went out getting in. So give me USC. I'm all over the maps tonight, baby. This is what happens when we don't have a guess. Your,
1: your lot, your logic is, let me write a narrative that gets LSU with two losses not even in the sec championship
0: but no if If they went out they're going to be in the sec championship no worries unless unless old miss beats georgia which you've already assured me there's no way of having them
1: that's what i'm getting to you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too either it's old man do i produce this show
0: i can do it however i want
1: okay well, well we'll go ahead and get the tape ready to run back when you said that you want lsu to play in the sec championship but you want old mess to do it too <laughs> <laughs> i All don't right.
0: want old miss to play in the sec championship. i want them to watch us and be mad that's what i said
1: yeah okay um lsu bama big game big big game bama's probably pretty bitter about last year
0: yeah lsu so let me tell you this. So I uh, hold on before me, before me, no, no, uh, I want to give you the spread real quick. So the spread is three and a half. And you know, No, no, I want to tell you what they feel about this game. You get three points by the books makers, the oddsmakers, for being at home. So basically it's a half a point. So I'm telling you that this game per the oddsmakers, is a pick'em. That's what I wanted to tell you before you gave me your thoughts.
1: All right. Well, my pick is very easy. Bam. <laughs>
0: Not a chance. But
1: I will say in order for LSU to win, Jaden Daniels has to be the Heisman
0: winner. Are you are you so confident in your pick that you're willing to put your Chinook Cedary hat on the line that I don't have?
1: No, not because you said it yourself. Vegas says it's a pick no,
0: no, you said Alabama's going to win. Put your hat on the line, bro.
1: Put my hat on the
0: line, the white yeah. one, the crispy white one. Yeah.
1: All right. It's on the line. If that's what if that's what you want, I'll put it on the line. Yeah. Make
0: sure to send that joker to me on Sunday or the mail runs on Monday after Bama loses. I will I want it and I want it in two-day priority shipping.
1: Not a chance. It's gonna be Pony Express. You'll get it in three months.
0: That's fine. That hat's fresh. I'll wait yeah. that long for it.
1: The hat's on the line for you, only because I know how much you really care about your hat game. Um, so I, I, I take it you're taking LSU. Yeah, yeah.
0: J. Daniels as, Heisman.
1: As we talk right now, the Rangers are one strike away from winning their first title. Two, and two they're
0: at 5 nothing. So it's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, two two count two outs. I mean that's. That's a winning count if I've ever seen it. There he goes. Oh, breaking ball, top of the zone, strike three, dog pile. There's your world champions, ladies and gentlemen. The Texas Rangers. Bruce Bochi. Just
0: doing what Bruce Bochi does. Winner. I love seeing grown men act like children.
1: I mean, that's why you that's why you play the game, bro. Right there. The locker room is where where they really act like kids.
0: No, they no. It gets a little adult though. They still act like kids, but that's when you get alcohol, showers, and crazy madness. At least it's just that. All I know is after all these pictures that have came on and told us about the dog pile, I don't want to, as as great as the moment it is. I don't want to close the game. I don't want to be on the bottom, man. Every one of them talks about their skull being crushed.
1: No, we we down with that. Well, we are down with, soccer.
0: They didn't dog pile. They just jumped up and down. So he got lucky. They're just they're just bouncing in a circle. So he avoided being his head caved in.
1: I mean, I would literally lay down and just let just take it.
0: <laughs> All right, soccer.
1: All right, soccer. All right. So LSU out early. Quick quick thoughts. We don't want to spend too much time on them, you know, getting out early. Yeah, and but-
0: yeah, no, what I wanted the reason I still put that on there is um the coaching of, you know, Mississippi State and Arkansas and Memphis, the other teams we follow, it shows. Um I go to these games. I watch as I've told you this, I watch as and and I talk to to Remy Noel our guest about it. Um how mad does it make her? I see girls just walking up and down the field, laziness, you know, bad passes. And that's always a reflection of the coach. And she says it pisses her off. And, um, you know, for our four IOTB guests that were on that LSU team, um, they need things to really break their way to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, they were over 500 in the SEC. Um, they do have four top 25 wins. But um, it's looking like this will be end. And for those four girls, it's over. And I think it's because of the, uh, you know, incompetence of – some of the players and that's a reflection on the coach. I hate to call coach Sean Hudson out, but um, I've been to four games in person this year and I've seen the same thing every time that I'm not seeing from the other team. So the reason I put that on there is I think LSU's better than they were. I thought um, there needed to be changes adjustments made. There needed to be a fire. I mean, there was the one game I would have, I literally said, Daniel, you remember the football game? I can't remember who we played, but when we were away game and we got off the bus, we had to do suicides on the field in the rain
1: yep it was Millington
0: yeah I would have done that to these girls right there because oh they were at home at the time I would have ran them to death afterward because of the lackluster It's too much talent on that team to be losing the games they are but I'll move on I just coaching matters this is this is one of the times where it shows that talent they had all the talent in the world um and people who say that you know talent outweighs coaching bullcrap.
1: Coaching absolutely matters. All right. Mississippi State beats Alabama. Um, a lot of tough breaks for, for Bama. So let's let's first tell me about Mississippi State. Obviously, they they win. So like kudos to them.
0: Yeah. Um shout out um you know all SEC goalie who is uh who is now on the season nine lineup, Matty Anderson, the other captain, along with our guest, Macy Hodge. Just absolutely incredible performance, man. She's leaping, diving everywhere. Um, she's she's been great all season. That Bama team was on the attack for the first um three quarters of that game and really actually had the control and she kept it at one to one to where they could get to overtime in the PK. So um shout out to her. And then I don't think I gotta tell you that if they won in PKs, who's usually the most monumental player? She was absolutely phenomenal there. Um the one down point was with 10 minutes left in the first or I mean in the second half. Um Macy Hodge went off limping. Um we are waiting on the report um, you know, if she's gonna play or not. Hopefully she is. Um, especially, you know, we'll talk the Arkansas thing, but she she's a monumental piece for that game.
1: But for that game, does does she need to play? Is it is it worth risking something or
0: no 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 they they are I'd say the only advantage is um you know like we're talking about Texas A&M right like so they're a team or to put it into a college basketball equation because they do a 64 team tournament I mean they have the chance of jumping from maybe um you know a six seed to a four seed type deal um, If they want or may, they may not even be as low as a 60. They may be like a five or four, try to jump to a three or two, but um, that's all they're playing for. But ultimately they're going to have to go on the road and win at some point. Um, So I think, you know, it wouldn't be worth risking her, especially against a team that I don't think they'll be able to beat anyway. If, if I'm being honest, they just played them a week ago and found out, but she and her, her and B with such a great matchup, um, I'm all in for it again. I had predicted before that game that they would, um, best on best, all SEC, it would be worth it. Um, you as a guy who wants to see physicality, um, they both had numerous penalties each. They were getting at each other, they were chippy. Um, so I love it.
1: So Arkansas steamrolls Auburn, just trucks them
0: 5 0 bro, oh. 5 0 in soccer's lot. I
1: know. Is there anything noteworthy?
0: Yeah, B with two headers for goals. Um look at B. She, she only had two goals when she was our guest. Now she's just the leading goal getter. Like shit, I mean, and then like I said, academic all my all SEC. Like, I mean, she's getting it done. Um, what I will say, Daniel, is I messaged her and I said, any any scenario other than Memphis and Arkansas in the championship, and I'm pissed. And she wrote me back, Memphis is scary good, for real. She goes, we even got a couple Canadian girls on our team who said that Maya and Grace and Sierra are the real deal. And I was like, I love it. Because B is as good as she is, admittedly says Memphis is scary good. And so they played each other last year in the Sweet 16, obviously went to PKs. man, I want to see that rematch, but not in the Sweet 16. I want that in the championship. And they both have a real good chance at being a number one seed.
1: Let's go. I mean, Memphis is rolling. I mean, they won 13 straight. So I got to ask you the question, because we talk about this in basketball a lot, where you go on these runs where you win 20 games in a row and, like, you get to a conference tournament situation where – people are like, he should just lose one now. Like, is that the same case in soccer? Should Memphis just lose one just to get it out of the system and just, you know, like.
0: No, I, I don't think so. For one, like I told you, because they're playing for a home field advantage. Um, So they need to win this, but that's where I was talking about coaching coach. Uh, Mark Monaghan's got, like, I mean, they they are doubting. Like, I think about that game against Temple, right? It was 0-0 at half. And Temple, they had numerous shots they should have scored. Um, and Temple is a majorly inferior team. I don't know what was said at halftime, but they came out and it took them two minutes to score. And next thing you know, you looked at the score, and it was 4-0, and the onslaught was on. And Because those that team had no business being in a game with Memphis. They know who they are. And they're not out there acting arrogant or whatever. I mean, they are a team on a mission, um, and he's got them locked in. And I tell you, Daniel, I just when we were talking about recruiting earlier and how Memphis baseball was doing, nine of eleven girls, Canada, Japan, Germany. You want to talk about recruiting? This guy's taking recruiting to a whole other level. He's recruiting the world. I mean he he's number one at
1: in diversity. I mean, he's he's finding the diamonds out there, and he's pulling them, and he's creating a
0: juggernaut. I mean,
1: it's, it's And crazy. I,
0: I I don't find it to be long before, especially if Memphis makes a deep run, other coaches say, hey, you know, and, and I hate it for girls like my daughter, but, right? Like, she, she's trying to play, but like, hey, there's girls in other countries we might start looking at.
1: But let me ask you this. What is, obviously, the pay at other institutions has to be better for a guy like monahan right yeah so what what keeps him at
0: memphis he played him
1: is it like that in soccer
0: it's well a lot of them, the ultimate goal is to coach at the alma mater he went here um uh, he's building he something brought- i don't think it's a, i don't think it's about money for him i think it's about love for this school and building that program i think until he so in, it, let's in, say minimal, they, he has yeah. to get a championship. Yeah, I was going to say, until he gets a championship, I don't think it's even a conversation.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Arkansas, Mississippi State, we talked about Macy Hodge. Anything that we need to hit on this game or we're just trying to wait and see if Macy's going to be available? Yeah,
0: we're trying to wait and see. Obviously, uh, you know, Root the best for her and Maddie Anderson. Like I said, it's upcoming guest. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to this because I did wish her good luck and I mean it. But, uh, or meant it, but I just don't think, Arkansas is just jiving right now, dude. They are, I mean, as far as being
1: a juggernaut right now with Memphis, like that's, I mean, I think we talk about them more than anybody just because of the relationships that we have with the players that have been guests on the show. But, like, if you were to remove that from the equation and just look at, Teams by stats and records, those two teams would definitely be on the radar. The so
0: I, I've watched enough. I, I have been a big enough fan this year that I've watched the other teams. I've paid attention to the records, who they play, this and the other. In my personal opinion, not because of the things. I would have Florida State number one. I'd have UCLA number two. I'd have Memphis number three and Arkansas number four. And that is that is my hope that those are the four one seeds and they are hosting. So we have possibly have that as a final four. And then you have, if it does happen and hopefully they're on opposite sides, right. You'll get best on best. No excuses. If you can get Arkansas and Memphis playing Florida state and UCLA, you know, that'd be beautiful. And then, Hey, you'll have to beat them to get there. Cause those two schools are there every year. They're perennial powerhouse.
1: Yep. All right. NFL, as I see the Eagles, Cowboys commercial preview, um, cowboy recap dude i i honestly it was bella's birthday well we were celebrating bella's birthday so we're playing mini golf but luckily where we were doing it there was tvs up and bro cowboys look great they looked really good this weekend and i don't know if it's because like stafford went out early and then you had ripping come in and you're playing with a backup quarterback or if the rams just aren't that good but I mean, on, in all facets of the game, like Dallas look dominant. Um, so it's good seeing that going into a huge, huge, huge divisional uh, game. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Cowboys look great. Saints pick up a win. Um, well, against-
0: let me say this on the Cowboys. So because it's relevant to our fantasy league. I was not able to enjoy that even a little bit. I dropped Dak Prescott in our league because he didn't do nothing for me. Crystal goes and picks him up, plays him against me, and then he just has that kind of day. And so I got C.D. Lamb, or I did because I traded him today, but I have C.D. Lamb, and I can't even enjoy it because all the touchdown passes are coming from – uh dad prescott and i ultimately end up losing her by the way because laporte dropped a touchdown his golf would have put me on the top so pretty pissed but somehow i managed to lose in our league and still gain a spot so that's always cool to the points um did you happen to see my trade acquisition i did not i got your favorite player on my team now i now have your two favorite players on my team
1: oh lord you got Stephon Diggs?
0: I already had Stephon Diggs.
1: And Jamar Chase?
0: Travis Kelsey.
1: Oh, Kelsey. Yeah, I didn't even think about him. I
0: acquired, I traded um uh Pacheco and CeeDee Lamb for uh B. John Robinson and Kelsey.
1: I mean, it's a pretty good trade.
0: I like it because who's more consistent, Lamb or Kelsey?
1: Oh, Kelsey for sure. And
0: then Bijan and Pacheco were basically a wash. Now, he got a third player in that trade. He got my backup tight end, uh, Laporte, which I assume is where he's going to put, obviously, in Kelsey. And so he wanted the receiver. But um, he's not going to play for me anyway because um, I had – before that, I had uh, Dallas uh, Gobert uh, – what's his name uh the freaking tight end for the eagles anyway uh goddard goddard that's what i was trying to say i say go bear like the nba anyway yeah he he wasn't even playing for me but yeah give me kelsey especially look after that game they had last week they're fixing to the tee off for sure all right saints me- uh on the recap you asked i watched the highlights daniel i ask you this i've asked people give me your opinion the Saints' two best games of the season. They beat New England 34-0 the first time. And then David or David or Derek Carr has his best game of the season. Kamara has a beautiful touchdown. Taysom has multiple touchdowns. Both these games happen when I did not watch. I was at a baseball field. And so I ask you, do I need to go find a baseball diamond this Sunday? Yes, you do. You do. And so let's say I do that. This was the scenario Casey put to me. Let's say I do that and the Saints look great and win again. So do I not watch my team the rest of the season and sacrifice for the winning? I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. It does, but dang, man, I don't even get to enjoy it. The highlight package killed me. I watched SportsCenter. They didn't even show the Camara uh, touchdown or the the better Taysom touchdown. They showed the Hashid touchdown and um, one of the Taysom touchdowns. I was like, if I'm going to miss the Saints, I'm going to need, like, all the touchdown highlights. Can I get all five touchdowns, please? For
1: real. Let me ask you this on a fantasy football note. Would you play Houston's defense against Tampa Bay, Tennessee's defense against Pittsburgh, or the Giants' defense against the Raiders?
0: Um, Isn't Pickett supposed to be out for – Pittsburgh,
1: they don't.
0: I think he got he got he got hurt hurt last game, right? But I don't know. Because Trubisky was in. I, I I'll tell you if if Pickett is hurt, that's the no brainer. A backup quarterback on an offense that already isn't that great. Um, I, I feel like all three are pretty solid scenarios. I think I'd least likely go again because Tampa's got a, a a above average offense. Right. Let's see. Is that our league? Yeah. Who are you playing this week? Uh, maybe you. I don't know. No, he ain't playing me. I got uh
1: Says Kenny Pickett
0: is healthy. Yeah. Oh.
1: Although he had to tap out over the weekend due to a rib injury. Pickett insists he'll be ready to play against the Titans on Thursday night. However, the quick turnaround and risk of re-injury certainly makes it a risk for you to count on him.
0: Thursday Ooh. night game, he's going to try to play through it. That still feels like a good
1: – Full participant
0: good... on Wednesday's practice. So give me the uh, – who was the third option again?
1: Third option was – it was Houston against Tampa Bay, Tennessee at Pittsburgh, and the Giants yeah, at
0: – The – the the, man – the Raiders look real bad, but the Giants you know what? Actually I actually think I looked at the Giants. I'll take that back. Uh, I would maybe go with the Giants because I think when I looked, it's they're not their defense. It's
1: traveling to the West Coast. so but their
0: defense has not been their problem.
1: Well, I'm just looking at points. So
0: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. They, I think their defense has been scoring no their points. They've been all right. They've had
1: week. They've lead. had back
0: to back great weeks. There's right. was Washington and the Jets, though. Too though. I don't know. I li- I still like Pickett on a short week and the Steelers' offense, even when Pickett isn't high powered. Oh man, let's, let's see. see Tennessee. Tennessee's defense hasn't done that well. I don't know. I don't know. I flip a coin between the other two. I know that I wouldn't do the do the one Houston against Tampa.
1: Well, let's look at the next one. Atlanta against – ooh, Atlanta against Minnesota.
0: No co- Do you know who the Vikings are looking at for their quarterback? I have no idea. Jameis Winston. Man.
1: But the here's what I'll say. The Vikings – cousins went out and the – Vikings still were able to – Do well, man. All right. Let's not harp on this. Let's let's get back to it. Yeah, hey, our, our, our listeners
0: like, what the hell is going on right now?
1: Yeah. All right. So, pick them. Dolphins, Chiefs. So, Patty Mahomes really cost me my fantasy weekend. I uh,
0: saw that. You went from a, a favorite to losing real quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, my outside of him like everyone played pretty good i had a decent week it's just when your quarterback only puts up eight points it's tough to win and i ended up losing by two so there you go um but dolphins at chiefs um i'm still gonna go with the chiefs
0: i'm gonna go with the chiefs just because you know the conversations that took place after that and they're very pissed with their performance And what better way to show than a Dolphins team that everybody's very high on to remind everybody who the champ is.
1: Right. If MVP is going to be MVP, he needs to go out and have a better day than eight
0: points. And hopefully for your fantasy standpoint, yeah. Especially I got Kelsey now. If he wants to go ahead and hit Kelsey for four touchdowns, we can go ahead and do the damn thing. There
1: you go. All right. Seahawks, Ravens. I'm going Ravens all day.
0: This is a sneaky good matchup, to be clear. Two, five, and two, you know – it's uh-huh. Ravens four and three it's yeah. it's, I think about five and two it's, it's, no it's Seattle's it. been really good they're ahead because of San Francisco falling off three games last three games losing three in a row they're sitting atop the top of the uh NFC West at five and two um that said um Lamar had a a bad weekend for me at quarterback I need to bounce back uh, yeah, give me Baltimore, they're at home. Lamar needs to bounce back.
1: All right, more Cowboys, Eagles. Man, man, oh man, Cowboys and
0: Eagles. The Eagles have won a lot of very close games, they don't have convincing wins, and so the one thing that they don't want to do with dallas is getting a dogfight especially if the defenses are playing because uh, the defense could end up winning the game for dallas
1: true um i think do you think is philly as good as they were last year mm,
0: so okay so right, I looked, two uh, so i so listened two to this conversation weeks was, ago.
1: two weeks ago Then, up until the beginning of the season, I would have said, yes, they're absolutely better than they were last year. However, the past two weeks, I've actually changed how I feel about the Eagles as far as not whether they can win at all, but them in comparison to what they were last year.
0: Right. So, I listened to this conversation on the radio, and they were talking about, um, you know, the – the mantra of a good team is to find a way to win no matter what, and that's what they keep doing, right? But I'm looking at, you know, who they beat, and that's where my problem comes because they're barely winning these games. But you go down it and you look at it and it's, you know – Washington, the Jets, the Rams, Washington again, Tampa, New England, Minnesota, before they were even winning games. That was early in the season. Their only good win is the Dolphins, which is a great win. But other than that, there's not a team over 500 in the mix. Um, so, you know, they have they, they've got one great win. Um, I don't know, man. Dallas is – so hit or miss themselves. I feel like both these teams have all the talent in the world, but they don't – you don't know what you're going to get on a given week. But um Here. I I picked Here's Dallas – Hold on. I got I picked Dallas to win that division, and in order for them to win that division, they've got to win games like these. And I like being right. So, now I'm going opposite what I did at college earlier when I was going to Anarchy. Now I'm actually going because I want to be right. So, give me Dallas.
1: Is – um. Does Dallas playing in Philly this weekend change that for you? No. Yeah, me neither. I got Dallas. I think
0: Pollard needs to be more of a factor. Obviously, they won last week, but it's, it's not been just last week. Um, and, you know, because you have them in fantasy, correct, as well, when you're talking about guys letting you know. Um, yeah. They are not getting the run game established. And while they've won some games without doing that, as you talk about going to Philly, as you get into the winter weather, They need to get back to the foundational roots that they have because they are a run first team.
1: Well, yeah. And if you want to play teams like Philly in the playoffs at home, then you got to beat them on the road. Yeah. So, like, that's why I'm going Cowboys. And and if you look at the teams that
0: you would more than likely be competing with in a championship, right? Like, if you had to go against Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami. You have to also get back to running the ball because the last thing you want to do is get in a shootout with those teams. You want clock management. You want control. You want eight minute touchdown drives that comes with running the ball. So gotta get back. I think Dallas, that's that's their bread and butter. And um, they need to get back to doing that. Um, you have you know Vaughn behind him, um Pollard and Vaughn two-headed, just keep hammering that rock and then that play action game. But yeah, you don't want Dak out there, even though he's been good. Um, you don't want to get out there and shootouts with teams because that's not the way you're going to beat, especially those those teams out in the AFC that you'd play in a Super Bowl.
1: Absolutely. All right, Bills Bengals. This obviously
0: this you know, is the hardest pick. one of all the picks.
1: Yeah, I mean, you perfect think perfect Monday night, last, night last year. Yeah, you think back on last year and and the implications that this game had and what happened and just the whole nine just. Going from what could have been then to what is now is um, a mystery and a miracle, if that makes sense. Um, Let
0: me ask you a question on the Bengals. What do you think about the idea that they have now done this every year with Joe Burrow? They have started off terribly every year, and each year the question becomes, and then they do what they're doing right now. Like, this is the formula. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to start off 0-2, 1-3, and, 2, 1 and 3, and then they're gonna turn it up. Like it's it's really wild what the Bengals keep doing year to year. Hey, they're consistent.
1: Yeah, but I also think that they nobody values preseason football, and it you know Joe Burrow is a guy, and it's it's clear to me that needs a few games to get his feet and his brain and everything just working in, 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 Need a
0: Chase in, to call in, him out yeah. in a in a thing which I didn't like and when it happened in real time and then all he's done is fed Chase <laughs> non-stop so
1: but let, let me tell you let me ask you this so alright if you have the best player on every team and they called out the second best player on every team and they said this guy has to be pulling his weight or we're not gonna win. Do you think I mean that's it's essentially yeah, because the same it's it's the
0: only player on the team that can do it and get away with it. The thing that surprised me, I'm okay But if
1: it ain't him. if it ain't that player, then who?
0: Right. What what I'm surprised about is is because they're boys the way they are, that he said it in it and while he didn't call out Joe directly, it was clearly a shot at Joe. And so um I don't know. It, like you said, I mean, if not him, the who? But it, it, like I said, it worked. It worked out, and for that reason, on this pick, um, the Bengals, everything's jiving. Um, their defense, especially, and Allen's had a couple games where he's been real bad about turning the ball over. Um, I would prefer a shootout and one where it isn't turnovers. Uh, I want like just a thrilling matchup, but. Um, I think the Bengals create a couple turnovers. I think the Bengals ultimately win because of that. They win the turnover margin. I think there's still great play from Buffalo, um, but yeah, give give me the Bengals and the difference being um, a big turnover. Which, I, by the way, that game will be while we're interviewing Seaver King. I hope Seaver King's ready for me to maybe make outbursts during that game.
1: Seaver, you better be ready because there are going to be some outbursts because the Bills. Are going to beat the Bengals. They're going <laughs> to beat going, them. I'm not they're going to, to just. They're not going to blow them out. But it's it's going to be a one possession game until the fourth quarter, and then the Bills are going
0: to go up by so two. You see scorers. this black and orange waves and rays hat. You're going to I have, I have yet to wear my Bengals Joe Burrow jersey this year. I'm going to wear this with my Bengals Joe Burrow jersey. And they're going to get it done because they don't lose when I wear that jersey.
1: You see this black and yellow waves and rays hat?
0: I think it's navy blue I'm, and yellow. If I'm being honest,
1: no, it's black. But oh, crap, not, I got one right here. I'm not going to be wearing this on Thursday night because of the Steelers
0: playing the Titans. Oh, you're right. It is black. Thank not you. Black. I,
1: like I, I have it on my head right now. I'm looking at it. Literally, oh, I got three of
0: them. I have three looks.
1: Well, good for you, but all right, moving on. So we have some time and this is important time that we get to talk about really the next phase of our podcast and what's going on. And you and I have have worked really hard as far as as being able to get sponsors on board and what we could do with that sponsorship agreements and how we can help grow the game and help grow brands and, and just help players in general um so i give you the floor gem to kind of talk to the the fans talk to your audience and let them know what what's in the works what's what's tra- the trajectory moving forward because every season every year we want to try to ratchet up and and, and level up so what is our level up for this next upcoming season
0: all right so first I want to start with our original sponsor someone who is responsible for um the checks and the meet and greets and all these events for um and off the bench with the character awards it's Amy Robinson with Truvy um she has the website almost ready to launch daniel it will be tlc vips um and what this is is athletes that have came on here that have a nil deal with them and what's going to happen basically you know how these products changed my life i was able to drop over 40 pounds um i got one right here uh this one is the heart and hydrate duration uh it's magical unicorn but it's it's basically like a liquid IV, but it's got more caffeine. Um, it's I'm able to replace, um, my pre workout drinks that are very bad for you. Hydrates me up, gets me going for the gym. Um, and that flavor is awesome. Uh, yeah. but
1: so I, I think what a lot of people do is they go into a GNC, they go into a vitamin shop, they go into even the gas station, and they look for something that's gonna you know, give them that, that feeling, you know. Um, but what little do they know, the first thing they look for is, all right, oh, how is this pumping me up? Well, the label says it is, and that that's what they go with, or the flavor. And that's they're not they worried
0: do. about the negative ingredients in it.
1: Right. And all of these pre-workouts, and especially the ones that are, that are carbonated in a can, have so many properties in them that are not good for you. Um, and a lot of them are things, you know, one, sugar. I mean, a lot of these things are, are sugar-based, and they're, they're terrible. Um, or it's got things you've never heard of in it. But when you go to Truvi and you do heart and hydration, not only are you getting, you know, that pre-workout feeling in a healthy way, but you're also getting the hydration that you need to get you through the smallest intense workouts or those long sustained cardio bouts or even just a a slow controlled weight session so it, on top of that like if you just need a quick pick me up and you you know you have a long night with the you know at the baseball field and you're waking up you got to go to work the next day hit a little hit of that like get you going get I mean, you moving.
0: just in a bottle of water and shake it i mean to your point there is no sugar in this daniel it has um d ribose if i'm even saying that right supports energy and recovery ginseng supports heart health and function inulin supports blood sugar levels already within a normal range and coq10 which supports metabolism and energy like i said coq
1: 10 coq10
0: i feel so much better when i drink that because i'm somebody who's guilty of getting the energy drink like you were talking about i feel like it feels good in the moment because it gives me that energy pick me up but that monster feels like shit later in the day period and when you break it down of cost of a packet of those versus a can, you're also saving a couple of dollars each day, which you do the math over time. It's a lot of money. So where does this have matter with the athletes? With TLC VIP, you will be able to pick the athlete. They will have an icon with their picture um, and do your purchase under them. So whereas a lot of these ones that I'm going to talk about upcoming have an actual code, um, Amy is setting it up to where you can go directly into the website and just find their picture and their icon and order underneath them. You don't have to enter any kind of specific code. Um, so it's a really cool opportunity for these athletes. And what what I also love is she made it to where they didn't have to work either, right? Obviously, it helps them It's advantageous to post about it, but they don't have to go out there and be salesmen. They're trying to go to class, they're trying to play their sport. Um, gives the opportunity. They can just put out there the information and then go to the website, find the products they want, order under them. So shout out to Amy, what she's doing. Also, um, you know, true life changers here in the Hernando South Haven area. Um, her husband has multiple, uh, you know, vitamin shops and whatnot. Um, Just a lot of good things that she's going on. And she has been, like I said, she has been a backbone. She did the The event in Hernando with the Ole Miss and Mississippi State boys. Had the LSU gymnasts over at Intrepid Gymnastics. Had the event in Atlanta with, you know, Delusha, Hatcher, and Ross. And then, of course, the last one in New Orleans with Guidry and Herring. So, just taking care of so many in-off-the-bench guest athletes. And this is just the next step. Um, Chinook. We talk about them a lot, right? Um, But, you know, they have gotten over 20 and off the bench guests as ambassadors, and and this is another opportunity where, um, you know, you get an amazing product. You put in their code. So, for instance, Chance uh, DeQuilla sent me his picture last night. His is, I believe, either Chance ten or Chance twenty. I haven't put it out there yet. Um, but it'll be simple like that. They put in the code, Daniel. They they get a percentage off, and the money goes to these athletes. Um, So Chinook mainline sponsor, something that we believe in. Also, they are obviously big in growing the game, which is important. We talk about all the time. Um, They're actually somebody who is a partner, not just in the seed game, but in growing the game of college baseball and college softball. So love them for that. And then the last one, we're wearing the merch. We talk about Memphis city. So people don't get confused. Swamper waves and rays. You know, we got forgiving gifts coming up, which Kaya Johnson, uh will will be the face of. Um they've provided opportunities. We've already gotten six different guests set up to be the faces of these brands, but they're all ultimately done by Memphis City. Um and they're a sponsor of our show take care. One that's I'm very excited about Daniel. It's not the college athletes on this one. Jalil Willis man he is Andy Haynes is making him a specific shirt that's gonna say the realist have a logo. All this, it's going to be able to be available to order for the fight. It's what he's going to wear to walk out. Um, you know, he's going to sponsor. They're going to be Jalil's main sponsor for that. Um, so what I love about that Memphis City and its brand, you see the whoop that trick, you know, it's it's ingrained in Memphis. Who represents Memphis more than Jalil Willis? Um, so in his fight in January, um, he's going to be out to rep it, and we were able to set that up. And so as much as we like taking care of the college athletes, we know how these MMA fighters, right, they – they don't get paid a lot of money even if they're on a, you know, pay-per-view event, if they're not a main if they're not a main fight. They don't get that much and they got to go out there and fight for their lives. So, um, these guys are hungry and I love being able to take care of a two-time guest like Jaleel. So, all these sponsors, yes, they're taking care of in off the bench, but more importantly, they're taking care of the athletes and they're providing an opportunity for our fans and our listeners to get amazing products, whether clothes, seeds, health products, whatever and take care of the athletes so it's a win for everyone
1: absolutely um you know these are products that not only do we advertise but we stand by um the Truvi, we've we've both taken the products we stand by those products the chinook seeds we've had them we tasted them we believe in them we stand by those products the memphis city you know gear the swamper the homebrew the waves and rays we got hats we got shirts you know we talk about the fit the feel the look it all like we believe in the product and we're pushing the product because that's what we're about we want to help grow businesses we ha- want to help grow the game we want to help grow athletes um and a and
0: cool part daniel like they're giving them creative design in this um so are you familiar with what row pads are yeah Okay, so I don't own any. I'm not big. They tell them, so basically, in our group text with these athletes, with Andy, they tell them rope hats are what are in it. These are Mississippi State and Ole Miss. That's what's in right now. Those are, those are the best hats. So, Swampers already created, they gave them color. They said, What are the best colors? They're already coming out in a line of rope hats in certain colors. So they're also giving these athletes a chance because me and you don't know what's in at college campuses, right? Like we're not I'm there, but I don't I don't know what the end thing is. So giving these athletes a chance to have some input and that only makes them more invested in the the products because they get a say in it, right? And ultimately they know what's going to sell and it's going to help make them more money.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Memphis City the christopher walken shirt that says walking in memphis like mm-hmm. that's 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 my favorite shirt i mean obviously the the other i don't memphis know
0: that memphis shirt. grind when i wore monday that
1: memphis grind i love that shirt uh the whoop the trick um you know gtg main like those are all like like foundational like you're from memphis if you have these shirts I, I love, I love it. it i
0: get i gave casey the uh the shirts and uh you know, I, I asked Andy. I said, "Man, this is a perfect guy." He sits down on the floor. And so he was sitting down on the floor for the game the other night, and uh, had multiple people ask him about his shirt. And I, I was like, "There's no better advertisement. You're at a, you're at a Memphis game, and you got a th- throwback logo of the Vancouver Grizzlies that says Memphis Grind." Got that nice color, like, yeah,
1: love it, love it. Um, but yeah, we got a, a lot of big things in the works. I mean, obviously season eight's coming to a close um in the next you know few weeks but we also have some things planned for december um but you know the new year the 2024 year man it's it's a lot of big things on on the cusp we're just you know really on the verge of of or really at the start of of getting to where we want to be and obviously we want to thank the listeners we want to thank the players we want to thank everybody that supports us the you know i say it in the close: the hearts the hugs the loves the thumbs up all that matters to us um, thanks to the sponsors thanks for those who believe in what we do thanks for those that believe in and just what we're trying to accomplish here at and off the bench and it, it, it truly, it's truly, it's not missed by me. I know, Jim, it's not missed by you. And, and you know, we can't say we appreciate you and we thank you enough for all that. Um, but, yeah, good things moving forward. Um, I hate to to jump into, you know, around the horn and kind of.
0: Well, before before you hit that negative note, let me give you a positive note on the around now. Um I didn't even realize that. I just changed the channel. Um, did not realize that the Clippers and the Lakers were on ESPN because I had yeah, the uh, baseball game. And, uh, you know, I told you about Westbrook not shooting a lot, but um, tell me he doesn't have a vendetta against the Lakers. He is uh, 7 for 12 with 18 points, 7 rebounds and 4 assists, no turnovers. I may have jinxed him because anytime I say something about no turnovers, that happens. But nonetheless, he's shooting this game, and he's imposing his will, which tells me he just wants to really stick it to the Lakers. So hopefully this game, they're up 12 right now. Hopefully they stay the course. And he keeps doing his thing.
1: Russell Westbrook, like, is like this. Hey, LeBron, go! (laughs) And you too, Antonio. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. As I'm watching him drive through the
0: lane and just, man, LeBron going with a block. Yeah. Yeah. He had to. He had to bring that up. Unfortunately, he just saw it. Yeah.
1: They're up, I mean, they're up a They're good. All right, so talk to me around the horn. Obviously, a somber note um,
0: for a legend. When we were growing up watching college basketball, Bobby Knight, you know, when we talk about the Coach K's and the Izzo's, when I think about when I was young, you know, Patino, Bobby Knight's one of the first guys that comes to mind. Yes, people are going to talk about the throw in the chair, um all that and that was part of it, right? I mean, the dude was, you know, crazy. But man, the dude knew basketball. He could coach it to the highest. And ultimately, even with all those incidents, you've heard his players talk, they love that man. Um and so, we lost a legend. Obviously, he'd lived a nice, you know, long life.
1: He's got technical. Him right there. Two shot technical against the bench and against Bob Knight. Steve Reed, an excellent free throw shooter, will have the honor of shooting the technicals. Look at here. Look at here. Bobby Knights is through his chair. They're across the free throw lane. And I think the great throw is a-
0: And could you imagine, Daniel, in the society we live in now, like. If he did something like that, because, you know, he did that in an era where there wasn't social media.
1: I mean, the poor cheerleader sitting on the floor over there has to dodge a chair coming at her. I mean, it,
0: let let me ask you a question. I always thought this, we've never had this conversation. This is a great conversation. I always thought Nick Nolte's character in blue chips was supposed to be Bobby Knight. And ironically he's coaching against Bobby Knight at the very end of the movie you know, when they play Indiana, but I felt like, you know, him punting the way he was yelling, like I felt like it was Bobby Knight. Right. And, and just like they say about Bobby Knight, right. Obviously you see Nick Nolte losing his mind a lot during the movie, but he cares about those kids. He cares about those guys. And that's what all his players said. You always see the yelling, but all those guys would die on the Hill for him.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the the difference between the two characters is I don't think Bobby Knight was as like, like, scummy like on the recruiting end yeah uh, I
0: don't think I don't think I don't think he would I don't think he would cheat I think he was definitely probably um you know just because he throws chairs doesn't make him not a man of integrity I don't think he would have cheated I think he's the kind of guy I would rather beat him than join him tight deal
1: we'll we'll never know but you know obviously the the career that was I mean a lot of entertaining moments a lot of probably moments that he would want to take back there's a lot of different things regardless of how you feel about Bobby Knight, that, um, you know, a lot of people are like, love them and a lot of people hated him. Um, but I mean, but when I
0: mentioned those names earlier, right? Like, I mean, he's, he's gotta be up there with the coach case and the Izzo's of the world's when you talk about the, the greatest coaches of all time. Like, I mean, he's top 10 easily.
1: I think when you're in the college basketball sphere and you say Bobby Knight, people know who it is. Mm-hmm. If I said Josh Pastner, I don't think <laughs> everyone would know who he is. Just come on saying. now, come on now, guys. And Josh Pastner was the nicest guy, you know. And he didn't ever. win
0: because of it. He couldn't even get the respect of his own guys,
1: right? Um, but anyhow, hey, uh, let me
0: ask you that. I'm, I'm I'm taking it one step deeper. When you're trying to sign off, I once heard a statement. I can't remember who said it. But the reason sometimes you have to yell and give maybe the tougher love, so to speak, when it came to college basketball um, is a lot of those kids come from a tougher life in a tougher area than, you know, maybe your baseball guys. Would you not, I mean, that was made by a player who who was a part of that. Would you not believe that statement to be true? Because a lot of, you think about where a lot of the the best basketball players come from. They didn't come from the easiest and best life. And sometimes they need to be pushed in a different way.
1: Yeah, I think what it is, is like when you grow up in a house that's chaos, in order to get somebody's attention, you have to bring them to something they're familiar with, which is chaos however you describe chaos whether it being loud vocally or aggressive or you know demeaning not demeaning but like you know you can demean somebody by saying your play was like piss poor or it wasn't very good or just like demeaning in, in how they a- attack the day or the game um sometimes you have to do that in order to Get somebody to kind of see where you're coming from but what i will say is once you can get them to see you from the positive side the caring side the loving side that's all they'll want to know and they'll they'll go through a brick wall for you when they get to that point so you know Um, Yes. To answer your question, I think there are times where you find yourself, depending on the type of players that you have, where you have to to be that way. But I also think like, you got to be able to bring that situation to a close and learn how to love kids and and get them to understand that you're there for them, you care about them, you love them, um, but you're going to push them to be the best that they can be. And sometimes pushing comes in in many different ways so but man it was fun i'm glad we got to talk a little bit of sports we unpacked a lot tonight i mean we even had a live like history in the making with the rangers in their first world series tonight um kind of crazy but you know with that obviously we didn't have mason moore on the show but we're gonna have him you know come on uh later on but you know, if you if you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, hearts, hugs, loves—we'll take it all. And we got a lot going on. We've got Pros and Joes tomorrow night. We got R.J. Yeager, Landon Sims. You and Mike are going to be on that thing, doing it up, Jim.
0: Absolutely. You know, as long as Mike's not in the shower using the toilet.
1: I mean, you never know with him. I mean, that, that toilet time runs all the way up to like you know, <laughs> a minute, minute before the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but either way we talked about it next week, we got Seaver King coming on to talk to us. I mean, obviously he put on a, a show, a clinic, you know, while you were in person watching. Um, so I know we want to get his story. want to unpack his season and really see what the expectations are that he's placed on himself but also the team expectations so um jim another great episode uh appreciate our sponsors Truvi, chinook um memphis city design like
0: bell smith and athletic smith, obviously they're a little bit different collection. but they're in the background
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know this thing doesn't doesn't happen just because me and Jim wanted it to, it's 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 a crew of people that that help us do this and 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 get, you know, really just grow the game, man. That's that's it. That's the whole story. So, all right, this has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.